about um, what I will be sharing. I usually allow you to disagree with me or I'm prepared to agree to disagree. Not so today. <laughs> Definitely not. Not on the agenda. It's too important what I have to say. I hope that it's a word of encouragement. I hope that it's a word that will inspire us in, uh, in where we are. I am not a prophet. I'm not a son of a prophet. I uh, don't claim to understand all prophecy. I am excited about prophecy. And I have a real problem when people uh, mutilate and butcher prophecy. So this morning we will try to put some sense into uh, some prophetic things that have been left for us. As we are, I'd like you to join me in prayer. And thank you, Eddie, for uh, already praying. But let's commend this time one more in the Lord's hands. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for your word. We want to thank you for the prophecies that have been left to us. We ask you that through the same word that you have spoken to the apostles, to the prophets, to the patriarchs and so many throughout the ages that through the very same word and through the same spirit you would speak to us and we pray in like manner right throughout the globe today on planet earth that as your word is proclaimed that it will be proclaimed through the power of the holy spirit but we ask you and thank you this we pray for all people across the world wherever there's two or three that you would be there and also we pray for your children your sunday school children that you would bless them and speak to them and we pray for those that were unable to be here today that you would bless them as well for we ask you and thank you all this in jesus name amen <clears throat> welcome everyone uh, this morning and uh, what uh, there we are. So as I said, we will be reading some prophecy. At one point, I will switch. Now, I've done this very deliberate, so I don't think that I got lost in all this. But um, we, when we look at prophecy, usually what you hear is people making a salad, getting things from all over and trying to go through the rubble and try to extract bits and pieces left, right and center and not only they themselves get lost, uh, they lose uh, all other people as well. And uh, God is very specific when he speaks about prophecy. And he has not encoded it in such way that, you know, you need an expert. It, it's, uh, it's something that all of us uh, can read and can basically understand, providing we have some basic understanding, which I think that most of us here do. So let's go to Matthew chapter 23, or sorry, 24. And Matthew 24 and 25 can be read in less than 10 minutes. In less than 10 minutes. And this is where most of the prophecy is based in conjunction with Revelation, some parts from Zechariah, as well as the book of Daniel. And it says in 24... As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, 
when will these things happen jesus just said that the temple was going to be destroyed no stone will be left up on stone and the disciples curious and want to know when will this happen then one interesting thing about jesus and his position he's in the same position as on the sermon on the mount it says that on the sermon on the mount when he saw the crowds he sat down because he was going to teach he's a rabbi he's a master he's a teacher and he sits here he sits down and I don't think that Jesus would have answered this question and, uh, and, and let alone the ones that follow. When will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Three questions. Three questions that are asked by the disciples to Jesus. Jesus does not answer them in order. Okay, let's have question number one. Now I'll go to number two and they'll go to number three. So that's the first rule that we need to abide by. Secondly, I said that we can read Matthew 24 and 25 in less than 10 minutes. If Jesus sat down to explain these, he would have said a lot more than what is written. That's why Mark captures some other things that Matthew did not capture, and Luke captures other things that the other two have not captured. So Matthew is specific and direct and as we read through this as we go through this i want you to pay attention that matthew strictly writes to the jewish community because no one else would have understood what jesus has written so what makes us think that we can understand without having a jewish background so if we want to understand matthew 24 we need to have at least some good understanding of the old testament and rules and regulations otherwise we'll miss out the whole thing completely we'll make uh, a, a, a salad out of it so uh, what while mark john mark is, is is trying to bring the jewish concept and the gentile concept together but more to a slave community so he brings a different flavor so he extracts from what jesus said and i don't know i don't know how long that sermon would have been the teaching that session but i reckon that if my session is going to be about half an hour 35 minutes jesus in this session would have spent a lot more than 10 minutes what it took us to read it so it would have been a quite long session and they tried to, to, in, to bring a message. So Matthew is bringing a message to the Jewish people, a message of hope. And so does Mark. And so does Luke to the Gentiles. So now that we have uh, established that, we can go to what Jesus is saying in Matthew 24. We continue from verse 4. It says, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah. And will deceive many you will hear of wars and rumors of wars but see to it that none that none of you are alarmed such thing must happen but the end is still to come oops sorry i've gone way too far uh the end is still to come sorry i lost you there my apologies now nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places all these things are beginning of birth pains question for you has jesus answered any of the three questions okay let's go back and at the end when is going to be the end of age okay so it says that you'll hear rumors of wars but the end is still to come so i don't think that in verse 6 is answering any of the questions this is just housekeeping in 5 is not answering none of the three questions 
in seven is that has been happening since they dot maybe eight this is the beginning and this is is starting to be to answer the third question can you see that we still haven't got through the first or the second question then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of my name since we started about 12 people have been martyred in the world since we started singing since the girls stood up here with Eddie 12 people over 160 believers will be martyred this year in the last 10 years 1.6 million Christians have been martyred and this has been going on for a long time what Jesus is saying look these things will happen do not this is just the beginning do not be alarmed this is not the end yet there is other things that you have to pay attention there's other things that are about housekeeping so this is about watching out and us being steadfast and firm so don't think and by the way it says that all these people in revelation that every one of them is given white robes and they're crying out lord how long before you avenge us those that have been decapitated for the lord read it in revelation so all these people are conscious and, and, and they, they know what's happening and they're crying out, Lord, how long, how long, how long, every year, every day. And as, uh, every, about 18, 18 to 20 people are killed every hour. So by the time that you have lunch today, from the time that you say give thanks and by the time that you start collecting the plates, probably more than 20 people would have been martyred around the world. And this has been happening for a long time. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And then he continues saying, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most. Wow. He's not talking of the world here. He's talking of believers. The love of most believers will grow cold but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved so it's a word of encouragement so far from jesus to the disciples you know don't be alarmed by these things these things must happen this is normal housekeeping you make sure that you stand firm do not be alarmed do not go um, being unreasonable unfair and then he continues to say and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come so the, the, the good news of the kingdom will be preached first to all nations so then we go to a place like uh, Joshua uh, the, uh, the Joshua.com where a lot of the statistics are there about believers and it's estimated that out of the 7.1 billion people alive in the world today 2.91 billion of them live in unreached people's groups with little or no access to the gospel of jesus christ can someone decode what it's saying there 
Is it saying that 2.91 billion have not heard the gospel? No. Thanks for paying attention. It says that 2.9 people live in unreached people's group with little or no access to the gospel. So some of them would have heard about the gospel, but not all of them. According to Joshua Project, there are approximately 16,500 unique people groups in the world with about 6,900 of them considered unreached. That's tribes or, or, or clans. So about 7,000 of them have not been reached. By the way, people like uh, OM, they, uh, they have over 6,000 missionaries. That's the biggest, largest organization of the world. By the way, the head of OM, the director, is an AC. He's a brother in Christ of yours. Not because he's been baptized. He actually comes from our background. The biggest or, or, um, organization, missionary organization in the world. Project, uh, sorry, uh, OM, uh, opera, uh, Operation uh, Mobilization. And um, it is estimated, now we cannot count, but in the United States alone, there's more than 70,000 missionaries in the world and only 5,000 are working to totally unreached people. So there's just the US, 70,000 missionaries. How many missionaries are in the world? We don't know, hard to count. But if that's a half accurate number, we would have to say that a couple hundred thousand missionaries will be working today preaching the good news to people, to other people, and trying to bring the message of salvation. 86 countries prohibit or restrict Western missionaries. Out of the 648 million evangelical Christians, 70% have never heard or been told about the 1.6 billion unevangelized individuals in the world. Have you noticed that before we said 2.9 billion? Well, some of them have heard. So, that, so it's, it's in fact, 1.6 billion have not heard the word of God. But sometimes we get so hung up, we think that the world only exists where we are. Today, right here. A lot of those countries have heard the good news. And there were many, many, many Christians. Once upon a time, Turkey was all Christian. Once upon a time, Syria was all Christian. Once upon a time, most of Jordan, Lebanon, and all the way right up north through those countries, most of them were Christians. How do we number those? Do we count them as those that have already heard? Or is it the moment that we stay? We think that we're so important that this prophecy is only when we are standing right here. I read it. Well, the whole world is not evangelized. Maybe some of them have been evangelized. Australia is in decline about Christianity. How do we count? Do we count that we have not been reached or we have been reached? Can you see that our clock, the way that we read things, is not exactly the way that God uses his clock? So we don't know. We, all we know is that we have this urgency about reaching people. Not because... So we create numbers, but because we love them and they deserve to believe in Jesus. And so Jesus continues here in Matthew 24, and he says, When you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Well, okay, so right here. Maybe I should stop. Well, I'll continue a little bit more. But can you see that unless we have a good grasp, a good understanding of the book of Daniel, we will have no clue 
of what Jesus is talking about. No clue about this prophecy. And then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the house stops go down to take anything out of the house. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. I thought, what's the problem? I thought that Jesus is coming. Why, why, we should be glad. What about, what does has, that has to do with women with little children or pregnant mothers? Or, 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 uh, and then it says, pray that your flight will not take place in winter. Who cares if it's winter or summer? I want to be with Jesus. Yeah? But here, Jesus takes into account that, hold on, pray that there will be winter away in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere. Thank you for asking. Yeah? See, that's, that, that's how we understand. We think that, you know, the whole Bible and the whole world revolves up around our small mind. I have a real problem with these prophets and people that explain prophecy that come up and they think, oh, but this is from the U.S. perspective and Jesus will come in whatever, in, in 2019 on the 3rd of October. Wow. And then it says that it will not be on a Sabbath. What has that got to do with me? I'm not a Sabbatarian. Yeah? Can you see that this is strictly written to the Jewish people? We have no idea, no clue. And this is about the Northern Hemisphere. This is about Israel. He's saying, read about Daniel. You know, make sure that it's not in winter. Uh, watch the Sabbath. For there will be great distress unequal from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled again thank you lord jesus for such a prophecy i love this one and i'll finish with this one at least from matthew i still got a bit to go if those days had not been cut short no one would be no one would survive for the sake of the elect those days will not be shortened you know that none of these things are mentioned in luke not about the days being shortened, not about the Sabbath, none of them. Why? Because Luke is writing to Gentiles. And what do Gentiles know about days being extended or being shortened? The people of Israel in the days of Joshua, they were saved because the day was what? Thank you, someone knows their Bible. The days were extended. Over here they will be saved because the days are shortened. Can you see that if we got no clue about the and you say, oh, that does look shorter, you know, life goes too quick. What does that got to do with us? Yeah, when you get older, days go a lot quicker, let me tell you. Um, and and all, we are so busy that our days are going quicker. But it's nothing to do about that prophecy there. Let's go to Luke. Teacher, they asked. How many questions? How many questions here? Two. Can you see in Matthew 3? When will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? Only two questions. Why? Because the third one does not apply to the rest of the world. We, we will not even grasp it. Let's see what Jesus says. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famine, pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Is Jesus answering any other questions here? Yes. Here, 
he answers because they said what sign there will be when will these things happen and what will be the sign that they are about to happen yeah so there will be great earthquakes not small ones great famines pestilences and fearful events and great signs from heaven but before all these they will seize you and persecute you they will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison you will be brought before the kings and governors and all on the account of my name so before that those big signs happen you'll be persecuted isn't it what has been happening yeah it's happening now it happened last year 10 years ago it's just that take place in different countries <clears throat> When you see Jerusalem, Luke 21, 20, being surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Then, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those in a city get out and let those in a country not enter the city. This is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. He's answering about when the temple, no stone will be left upon stone in the temple. He's answering that question. Remember this? This different questions so jesus addresses them differently for this is the time of punishment in fulfillment all that has been written how dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers there will be great distress in the land and wrath against these people in jerusalem can you see that luke actually specifies that it will be about these people in jerusalem it will be dreadful for the Jewish people and it was Titus took 20,000 prisoners walking from Jerusalem to Rome to build the Colosseum many of them never survived they will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all the nations Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled Jerusalem will be in the hands of Gentiles is Jerusalem in the hands of Gentiles today okay let's see what google says yeah if you don't know what you're doing these days either ask your wife or google it uh, okay google 1967 israel captured east jerusalem from jordan during the 1967 six-day war and subsequently annexed it into jerusalem together with additional surrounding territory one of israel's basic laws the 1980 Jerusalem law refers to Jerusalem as the country's undivided capital. And that stayed for 50 years, 67, 2017. Donald Trump in 2018 made it official that Jerusalem, I know that some people don't like this, but he made it that Jerusalem should be the official capital of Israel and is putting the US embassy in Jerusalem. Is this a sign? Thank you. Let's continue. <clears throat> I should be finishing. Can I have another five minutes, please? Eight, eight, maybe. Stop me, stop me when you get tired. Luke 21, 25. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and on earth nations will be in anguish and perplexity and the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Is this a sign? yes is this a mystery 
you know, what are we talking? No, I don't think it's a mystery. I think that we sometimes try to make it a mystery, but I don't think that it's a mystery. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So we have that Jerusalem is in Jewish hands as Jesus has prophesied that that would happen. And there will be all these great earthquakes and famine. And but about, what about the heavenly signs? Have we seen any? Well, all I can say first before we go there is that the stage is set and that Jesus is coming soon. I should finish here, but I knew I'll get some more time from you. In Revelation, it says the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the sun was allowed to scorch people with fire. We call that global warming. Global warming was, came into some scientists in the 70s, and it's blamed on carbon. So we use too much carbon. It's a good way, you know, governments can collect more money, taxes and whatnot. Great idea. It's based on carbon. Is it really? They tell us all things, you know, this is again Google. This is from Chris Draper, a, a, a scientist. And mind you, this came into being in 2007 and then every year, 2011, 2012, 14, 15, 16, 17, different scientists are writing about this. The entire solar system is heating up. Scientists blame solar warming this is from october 6 2015 there is a reason to believe earth is not the only planet in the solar system undergoing climate change meaning co2 or carbon emissions are not the primary force responsible for the rise of global temperature somebody's saying that it's not the primary force yeah they might be contributing but it's not necessarily the primary force growth of the dark spots in pluto report the of uh, auroras on saturn Polar shifts in Uranus and changes in light intensity of Neptune suggest something very strange is happening in the solar system. Hello, I'm not a scientist. Why don't they tell me this? Why don't they tell me that my car is creating this? Because, I'll tell you in a minute, I won't tell you now. Many scientists suspect that the solar system has migrated to a region of the galaxy with high energy. We have the illusion that the sun is a nebulous ball of gas fixed in the sky and that the rest of the solar system dances around it how wonderful isn't it classic within the whole world the whole universe dances around us well I don't think so I don't think that is the case <clears throat> in reality the Sun is one star among many sitting on the outside skirts of the Milky Way hurling through the space Ben would love this he loves this stuff uh, 72,000 kilometers per hour although the total amount of energy within the universe is conserved pockets of energy in the milky way are very may vary in intensity what this is saying is that we are positioning ourselves in a place in the universe where there is a lot of energy and this is causing some heating up we can see that the ice caps have melted antarctica is being melted but why do we say that it's sea uh, or carbon that is that is doing this I'll bring something from Daniel. Remember in the book of Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he dreamt of this big statue that had the head of gold. I got it there, I believe. Yes, a head of gold. It was uh, the, the torso in silver. 
and the thighs were of bronze, and the legs were of iron, and the toes were mixed iron and clay. Remember? He had a dream. That's in chapter 2 of Daniel. What happens in chapter 3? Does anyone remember? Nebuchadnezzar builds. So he gets first in chapter 2 the revelation of what this means. So the head of gold is Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, he's the greatest king. And he acknowledges God and so on. And Daniel puts Daniel in charge. But in chapter 3, immediately after that, he built a statue of what? Gold. Yeah? He's saying, the revelation that God gave me, it's not like, we're going to change it. Yeah? Because his kingdom was going to fall and be taken over by an inferior kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar says, no, 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 no. I am the head of gold. And I'm going to make a statue of gold. And they're going to worship the statue of gold, the whole earth. Can you see? Isn't that what is happening today? So we have the truth, and the whole truth that the scripture is telling us that Jesus, okay, the scientists are telling us, I'm not sure whether to believe scientists or which scientists, but Jesus categorically said that that sun will be scorching people on earth. And I have to believe that. I am compelled to believe that. I'm compelled that that is going to happen. In, and it's not or, or that it will happen, but it's not that it will happen, it is happening now. It's just that we're shifting and we're saying, no, 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 I've got nothing to do with God, nothing to do with prophecy. It's about us using too much carbon. That's why there's global warming. People are not acknowledging God. People are not acknowledging the word of Christ. And that's what is happening. And that's why we have what we have today. I truly believe that something is going on. I believe in global warming. And I believe it is because the word of God has prophesied it before. So, <clears throat> let's bring some conclusion. Jesus says in 2134, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with kerosene, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. Be careful. These things are happening and you're in danger. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Don't allow any of the things that are happening in your surroundings to weigh you down. Don't allow them to worry you too much. Don't allow them to be sad. Don't allow them to be overjoyful or overly happy. Uh, because all these things change. Make sure, make sure that your soul is right. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the earth, right across the globe. This is not just Jerusalem. Have you seen that in the beginning was said of Israel? This is not just Israel. This is the whole world. Be always on watch and pray that you may be able to escape all this is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Question. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you ready to see the Son of God? Do you believe what the Word says? We just touched on a few things. Whether you agree or disagree, it doesn't matter about Jerusalem, in whose hands Jerusalem should be. It doesn't matter. This is not about politics. It doesn't matter about 
how the global warming, warming is working. The reality is that it's here. And it has been prophesied. And Jesus said that it would happen. We're not going to go through many of the other things that he said about the other signs. But the stage is set. He's coming. What are you doing about it? Jesus loves you. He came and died for you, for me, to save us, to give us life. Again, we can go through all the emotions, whether it's going to be in heaven or on earth. It doesn't matter. He came to save us, to save you and me. He loves us. And he's calling you. He's saying, please, hear what I'm saying. The end is coming. I'm warning you. What are you doing about it? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have warned us, that you have told us that the end is coming. And Lord, we are waiting for you. We can't wait to see you. But we know that there's many that don't know you have not heard of you and don't know that you're coming. We pray for the feet of those missionaries that are taking the good news, that they would have a safe passage, that many people would be reached. We pray that your word would be effective as it always is, like a double-edged sword penetrating the heart. Lord, you can reach these people at once but you have given us this mission we pray that you would take it seriously we thank you for your word we thank you for the hope that you give us that when we see troubles and persecution earthquakes and all the things that are happening around the world that we would lift up our heads knowing that you are coming and that you have foretold these things lord prepare your hearts prepare your minds that we may receive you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for coming to save us. Help us to take it seriously. For we ask you and we thank you all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for the word, Oscar. Great reminder that we'll be meeting Jesus very soon. Let's all stand. We're going to sing two more songs this morning.